From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, the provincial budget, improvement vectors and improvement vector candidates, plus innovative revenue tools and so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hang on a second. <laughs> you do not look at all familiar. You're not the guy no. who's usually <laughs> sitting there. So, um, who, who are you? I, I'm Helen Chang. Helen Chang? Not the Helen Chang from Chinese Connection on 91.3 FM CJTR Radio. Regina Community Radio, that's me. Awesome. <laughs> I must be lost because it's not Wednesday afternoon at 10 o'clock. It is definitely not Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> and you, are, you do know that you are in the sub-basement of City Hall, right? Right. That's... Sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for coming down because, yeah, the, the other guy who's usually there, he's clearly not there. No. No, no, he must be lost, too. <coughs> well, do you mind filling in for him? Sure. That would be great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, could you, could Helen, could you do attendance, please? Because okay. I can't do a meeting until we have attendance. Sure. Let's see who's here tonight. Um, Paula DeShane. Oh, wow. You got it in one. That's awesome. Is that, is that you? Yeah, that <laughs> okay. other guy. He never gets my name right. All yeah, right. so that's me, Paul DeShane. Yeah. Okay. Aiden Morgan. And that's the other guy. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah, he's not here this week. No. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for filling in for Aiden. No problem. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Helen, uh, I think we should start the meeting now. Sure. Because we have a big, long agenda ahead of us. We've got improvement vectors and improvement vector candidates tonight. Mm. Um, but in the news, I, I don't know if you heard, but there was a big accident this week. No. There was. It was on the ring road on Wednesday. There was a tanker trunk truck that spilled its entire load of pig's blood out onto the street. Pig's blood? Yeah, pig's blood out onto oh the street. So you know it's been a really wild month in Saskatchewan when a tanker worth of pig's blood is only the second nastiest thing <laughs> to get dumped on the province. I agree. Because I am, of course, referring oh. to the provincial budget. Da-da-da. Yeah, Awful. which we are going to be talking about tonight yes. with, we have returning uh, improvement vector, uh, Ward 6 Councillor Joel Murray. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very good. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Thanks, yeah, and we also have uh, an improvement vector candidate, MLA Nicole Sarar. Sar, how do I say your name? Saris. Sar. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. There's <laughs> a lot of vowels in there. There is, it, and they're all they're all just for show, basically. So. Oh, good. Yeah, just just to confuse everybody, right. including myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot for coming in tonight to talk about the provincial budget because it's just been this unfolding nastiness over the last several weeks. Um, last week we had uh, Sean McEachern from uh, the Saskatchewan Urban Municipalities Association uh, in our meeting to discuss uh, the grants and Lou and uh, the fact that they're now gone. And um, he explained sort of like what they were. And we wanted to get you guys to come in to talk about sort of the ramifications. Like there's been a whole list of cuts uh, that, have, that are impacting municipalities uh, across the province. And so we were hoping we could get into more into the weeds this week about what exactly that's going to mean for all of us in the uh, weeks and months to come. Uh, but I thought we would start um, just on the Grants and Lou. Uh, it came up again today during question period at the legislature, and uh, there were questions for uh, Minister Donna Harpower, the uh, intergovernmental affairs minister, and she had some stuff to say about uh, the uh, Grants and Lou, because uh, one of the things that came up with our conversation with Sean McEachern is that this was a big surprise that Grants and Lou would disappear and that it would be so big and impact everybody so much. Um, but this is what uh, Donna Harpower had to say today in question period about that. Mr. Speaker, there was a number of forums as well as meetings that we had with municipal leaders and it was very clear that everything was on the table for this budget, that it was going to be a very difficult budget and we were going to be looking at all programs. One thing that the municipal leaders said very loud and very clear is they wanted us to keep municipal revenue sharing. Mr. Speaker, that's a program, of course, that's predictable for our municipalities, as well as since we have formed government, it has increased funding by over 100%. Our municipal partners have been supported more than any other sector by this government. The second request is, is the uh, to keep funding for infrastructure, Mr. Speaker. 
We've made record investment in infrastructure, and many of them are with shared programs with our municipalities, and they appreciate being able to have those upgrades to their water sewer systems. Mr. Speaker, there was difficult decisions beyond a doubt, and there will be uh, challenges for our municipal sector in this particular budget, but we have more than supported them in nine or eight consecutive budgets, Mr. Speaker. They have seen increase over increase over increase, year over year over year. This is the first time that this government has asked for a reduction. I recognize the member from Prince Albert North. All right, Councillor Murray, that uh, was uh, Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Donna Harpower. Uh, so you guys were warned. You knew about this. And this is the only the first time they've ever asked you to take a cut. Come on, what's the big deal? Well, I think w when she's talking about that we've been warned, um, there was, in in my memory, there was at one point the Premier listed off uh, a whole number of different items and programs that could be affected and were quote-unquote on the table. Uh, that was at SUMA, and Grants and Lou was kind of sandwiched somewhere in between all of them. Um, so to me, that as the mayor has also said, that's not consultation whatsoever. And how um, the Mr. Harpower ends it saying that we are asking the municipalities to do this, it's really not an ask at all. We've been forced after we created our own budget. Um, and, you know, we knew that this would be a tough budget. So we actually are running the leanest budget, I think, that we ever have as a city. Um, we found efficiencies to the tune of uh, $2.5 million. So that's it's very very difficult at this point to reopen up that budget again and find it yeah and so that's what you're doing on monday hey, yeah. april 10th you're reopening the budget yeah we're opening up um on monday uh we've had quite a few discussions at city hall already um looking at again unfortunately uh everything is on the table at this point with the budget that we've brought forward because we have already created a budget so in order to find that we have to look everywhere right do you have any idea where administration are looking yet uh, they're, like I said, they're kind of looking everywhere. I mean, anywhere from, you know, garbage pickup being only every two weeks uh, to, you know, all of our summer programming that we have um, to obviously mill rate increases. So. Okay, but you haven't heard, like, mention of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We're still okay? I think you guys are still okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, we, are, we are hiding in the basement. I don't actually know if they know about us. Yeah. Down here? Yeah, I do sneak down here. That might be why we're down here. <laughs> it, it's really good at cut time to be down here. Uh, Nicole, what's the, what's the perspective from the, uh, the NDP caucus on, uh, on the cuts to cities that are fa they're facing? Well, it's frustrating to hear uh, Mr. Harpower's uh, remarks again, because I was there, I guess, <laughs> uh, listening to it uh, earlier. Um, the truth of the matter is that they don't seem to understand the reality uh, that they're putting our mun municipalities in. Uh, when we're talking about governments, uh, whether it's provincial or municipal, they all have one taxpayer, and it, it, it all ends up falling on us as taxpayers. Um, and municipalities are being left uh, to carry a burden that uh, they didn't create. And uh, when, you're, when you're sitting in the House and you're hearing the ministers get up and, and answer the questions that we're asking, it's, it's, it's almost like you're in an alternate universe where everything is okay and there's, no, there's nothing going on. And although you know, this is, this is, these are challenging times, they're, they're confident that these, uh, these other uh, organizations like municipalities uh, can rise to the challenge and, and meet the challenge that they're, they're setting. But the reality is, is that these are massive, massive cuts with uh, no consultation. And they're going to result in, as, as Joel had mentioned, some serious consequences to uh, citizens. Yeah. Uh, Joel, how much does it mean this year, like in terms of like actual dollars? What are you guys losing? $11.7 million. Is, really? Yeah, $11.7 million. Because um, I think the last time I checked it was about 10, but it, the numbers, this number seems to shift. It does, and it's, it's part of the nature of the way this budget has been presented. Um, our city admin keeps saying, you know, it's like an onion. You keep peeling back these different layers and finding more and more yeah. um, implications, whether it is the PST um, increase. We're seeing that on our side as well. Um, so that's another, I believe it was $2.6 million uh, for that. So then the $8 million is coming directly from the grants in lieu. Um, so 
I mean, this it, it's it's significant when yeah. you break it down. Um, a lot of times it gets compared to our revenue sharing. So our revenue sharing um, is around $40 million. So it works out to about 26% of our revenue sharing. Right. So. Um, and the revenue sharing, that's it's something that kept coming up, that, okay, at least you guys are still getting your revenue sharing, which, again, is like down 5% over last year, I think it is. Yeah, and because it's, it's yeah. tied to the, the sales of the PST right. at 1%. Right. But that one of the things that doesn't come up is how a lot of the people... <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of the PST money that's generated in the province comes from the cities. See, and, and that's something that I talked about at our meeting is I, I just highlighted the fact that cities and um, urban municipalities in general are the economic growth engines of a province, of really anywhere. Um, you look at it, it's, just, it's the nature of, of the size of a, of a municipality, right, that becomes all the networking, the synergy that you have of, for commerce. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where... They've set out growth goals in the past that we were supposed to hit, and all those municipalities have hit those growth goals. So now to say, okay, actually, we're going to take away this uh, with, with no consultation, to me, it's, it's, it's uh, really stifling our growth and uh, really limiting any innovation or, or growth potential we'll have in the future. Right, right. Okay, well, before we move off the uh, grants and Lou. Uh, related to this, I just want to uh, bring up some other stuff that uh, Donna Harpower had to say today during question period, if I can find it here. And I did. What this affects is 108. It was a very strange program that only a select number of municipalities received the funding. It was unfair. It was not transparent. It was not understood even by the municipal leaders. We have one town that gets it. The town next to it may not. We can go down the road a few more, and they may or may not get it. So that we need to address the inequities and the unfairness. You would think the members opposite would be supportive of directing or looking and reviewing a program that simply wasn't fair, transparent, predictable, or explainable. Nicole, so you'd think, come on, you guys, it wasn't predictable, it wasn't fair or equitable or transparent. It almost sounds like she just did the municipalities a favor. I know. I didn't realize that all the rallies that were happening throughout the province were celebration rallies. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember seeing the signs that said, thank God that's gone. Yeah, strange, hey? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Joel, um, did you did you even know about Grand Summit before this? I didn't. I actually yeah. didn't know. Um, I mean, it, it, you, you had a, a, a guest last week that, yeah. that really explained it, right? So, yeah. um, and, and what she's saying is that, you know, it's not fair across the board. Well, I mean, it's essentially in lieu of a property tax. Right. So we still have the infrastructure there and you still have the buildings there yeah. um, and they still receive all the services yeah. of any other business would, would receive. Um, so to me, it's, it is already fair because yeah. we have it there. So... Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's, it still exists. It's, it's kind of a frustrating statement to be saying that, you know, because it, nobody could explain it, uh, you know, in 25 words, that therefore this is something that just should go away. Yeah. When I don't think any mayor would be able to, like, you know, explain the arcana of the, pro- the property tax code to, to somebody in the media, right, or to Donna Harpower. So. Well, the fact of the matter is that uh, contracts had been signed a long time ago and agreements had been made between the government via, via you know, SAS power, uh, et cetera, and municipalities, and no longer are they going to be followed. Right. Just out of the blue, no consultation, they're not going to be followed anymore. And somehow the minister is saying that that's, that's fair, that's more transparent. Yeah. Do you guys know if, because I there was... The province backed off a little bit this week, saying that nine of the 109 provinces would, you know, get some portion of their grants only restored. Right. Yeah. But um, they also mentioned that it was a one-year thing. Have you guys heard if your grants are going to be restored next year, or are they going to be restored smaller, or are they going to be gone in future? Well, the, the problem is, is we, we don't want to bank that they're going to come back. Um, oh, because point, yeah. what we've seen in the past is uh, once a program is taken away, it never comes back. Um, you know, 
and whether it's taken away or not, whenever there's, whenever there's a reduction, you look at paratransit as an example, a million dollars comes from the province and the city ponies up the rest. And it was supposed to grow together as the need for it would grow. It's never grown on the provincial side for how much they've given. We've always kept up and stepped up every year to increase it. Um, that's just one example. Urban Highway Connector is another example. Right. Um, so what you're getting into now is just constant downloads that municipalities receive. Yeah. Can you can you explain the downloading? Sure. Yeah. So downloading it's it's a term that's used um, when a higher level of government uh, project or takes a cost um, and puts it down onto a lower level of government. That's arguably it's not their jurisdiction to take care of, but because their residents feel the effects, um, they're essentially forced to act and, and do it. And it's it's extremely difficult when it happens provincial to municipal because we have a lot less revenue tools than the provincial government does. We essentially have two. We have property taxes and we have user fees for our uh, services. services. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we have far fewer tools and they actually tax, you know, the capital assets of a family of their house. That's, you know, probably their biggest investment they have. So it's not one of those areas we want to go to, uh, to always try and find more funding. And your and municipalities are statutorily not allowed to run deficits. Is that correct? That's right. We have to uh, balance the budget every year by law, um, and that's where the reserves come into play. So, in order to balance our budget, uh, we have to have reserves sometimes to dip into for our infrastructure deficit that a lot of cities have. Moose Jaw is a perfect example. Um, those those reserves are not really rainy day funds. They're not even a savings account. They're actually allocated toward future projects that the city that we know we have to do. And because we can't dip into a deficit or anything like that, we have to use those reserves. So for us to use the reserves, it's not sustainable. And we would essentially, uh, if we were to take this download and use our reserves to fill the hole, we would actually deplete our reserves in within this council's term, basically. Yeah. Um. And that's something that they were suggesting is that lower levels of government should be using their their um, their reserves to cover uh, to cover over to plaster over these cuts that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And and Joel explained it really well that it, uh, reserves aren't traditionally supposed to be used for managing paying for day to day operational funding, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what got us into this provincial deficit mess to begin with. Right. And now the SAS party is asking for municipalities, school boards, libraries to do the same poor financial management scheme that they had done that got us into this mess. Can you can you expand on that, please? Because what is the provincial government's uh, reserve situation? Do you know? Like it, it, it certainly feels like they don't have a lot of a piggy bank to be going back to right now in a, in a period of, of leanness? They don't have a piggy bank anymore. They they had one when they uh, took over power back in 2007, and it's gone now. Right. And, in fact, um, debt has uh, ballooned since since that time. Yeah. And so I guess th- this is kind of like the object lesson of what happens if you don't have a reserve fund, is that if there's an emergency or, you know, a surprise, resource revenues went down, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> yeah. Then you, um, yeah, if you don't have a reserve fund, you have no way to sort of to bank. Exactly. One, one emergency that I look at, you know, in, in relative mem- or in recent memory is the Fort McMurray fires. Mm-hmm. When those happened, right. the city of Regina housed, I think it was around 1,200 people. Yeah. in some of our facilities and along with that comes food and uh, some a lot were donations for sure but then we had children's programming and um, we get free leisure passes and transit to a lot of different people to get around the city because they're basically our new residents for mm-hmm. you know six months mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of where those reserves we have to keep them because we don't have the ability to run a deficit yeah. so right now individual taxpayers are being asked to go into their reserves well, if and yeah. If, eventually, yeah. So if the city were to take um, the complete download and, and put it directly onto property taxes, it equals out to a six point seven percent mill rate increase. So that's that's is that in addition to the that's 3. in addition 9. to three point nine nine oh that we just passed um, before this. So you'd be talking about a ten point seven percent mill rate increase in one year. Yeah. On top of that, there's already an education tax that we're as property owners, all the city is going to get, that's 10% off the hop. 
And as we've we've seen, we're not. I mean, the, those people aren't going to see an increase in education for ten no. percent, right? It's going to go right to the general fund reserve. Is my understanding? Yeah, that was an increase, a ten percent increase uh, th- for this budget to our education property tax. But they also changed it, so now it's going straight. That money's flowing straight instead of going to directly to education. It goes straight to the provincial government, where at a time when school divisions are actually getting a decrease in funding. Right. So the. So the money's not, there's no, they're actually going to just put it into the general fund reserve, general fund That's directly correct, yeah. for education. Yeah. Wow. How it's can not, they do that? <laughs> how can they do that? It's just, how can they do yeah. that? With majority government. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, also, they've also done a massive cut, and this is something that's going to like land on the city's shoulders, is the cuts to libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Regina libraries are losing all of their provincial funding. All of it. Yeah. Um, how is that going to be impacting uh, city council? Because they're going to have to make that money up somewhere. They will, and and you know we haven't heard. Uh, I'm not a member on the library board. Uh, that would be uh, Councillor Bryce. Um, again, she hasn't said what their plan is yet. But my guess is they're they're going to come to municipalities because we've already seen that across the yeah. province in other cases. Because um, we're the kind of last stop. Yeah, and again with libraries. When people get their property tax bills, they're paying their property taxes that go to the city. Mm-hmm. But the city is also collecting the library taxes and the education taxes. So it looks like you guys are charging everybody three times. So that's kind of where Suma has talked about. Uh, the province is forcing municipalities to do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. And that's an example of it where, by law, we actually we actually looked into it. We have to collect those education taxes. Um, we've looked at, and it actually costs us $2 million a year to do it in administration, <laughs> right? Because then you have to send it all out and you got to facilitate it all. Yeah. So yeah. that's an extra cost um, that we have to incur by law. We cannot, you know, we're going to get the bill either way, <laughs> whether we yeah. collect it or not. Yeah. So, and, and you take, you also take the, the public relations heat for this. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's part of it, right? It's it's kind of strategic on their end, so that it's similar to what you're seeing with the school boards, right? So, right. as as council, we're going to pass something on Monday to figure out all of this. And you know, right now, I still don't know. That's going to be this weekend looking at it all. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the problem with it. Yeah, Nicole, on the on the libraries, there's been a lot of anger across the province about this, and you guys have been hammering on this every day in the ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, is, am, am I correct? I, like, I actually heard this, but I'm going to ask you about it again anyways because I found it a little hard to believe. So the province cut all of the STC service, even though everybody who was involved with libraries seemed to know that the libraries used the, the Saskatchewan transportation for their interlibrary loan program. So the library loan program had to be canceled by the libraries, and now the province is saying, oh, inter- that has to stay. Interlibrary loan has to stay. Is this really going on? Yes, this is this is really what they're doing right now. It's it's right. nuts. It's absolutely nuts. They they've they've cut severely cut funding not just to the Regina Public Library but massively cut funding to the regional libraries as well. Um, who not only does does Regina Public Library rely on uh, interprovincial library loans, but in a, in a very large part, do our regional libraries depend on it uh, to be able to have a, a good source of resources? We had a we have. A, we have because we well no i think it's once we lose interlibrary loans which it may have already happened if it hasn't happened yet or it's happening very shortly uh we we had a library system that was the envy of the entire country mm-hmm. and now it's going to be gone and uh for some reason the minister minister morgan is shocked that when he massively cut funding to libraries that that this program had to be cut as well because as you said um, not only did they receive a cut kind of funding, but also as they shut down STC, which was the lifeline for for the system. Yeah, um, it's is it irritating that these that these things seem to be like unfolding before you? It's almost like this wasn't planned. Oh, it's frustrating. It's so <laughs> frustrating. It's it, you. I, I I looked at the budget that day. We, when we all looked at the budget um, as a caucus, we we saw the massive impact that this was going to have on so many people in this province and it was it was very it was a very very hard day actually um and someone told me once that the day the budget is released is always the best day for the budget and then slowly as you said the onion gets peeled back you you see worse or some of this the the other side effects or um other things that maybe weren't rolled out initially that are included in the budget 
um, we knew that the cut to the library was going to be huge. That was going to have a big impact. Um, I, it seems like they didn't realize that it's, it's almost like they were, um, they, they shoot and then they aim and we're seeing it on so many different levels, be it the libraries or municipalities or schools. Yeah. With the libraries, I know there's two things happening. There's a rally tomorrow at oh, lunchtime. Yeah. Drop yes. everything and read. Go to your MLA's office and get your book with you at noon. Um, and there's also a petition, I think, that's going around that if they get enough signatures, maybe there can be another referendum or something. Do you think? Yeah, I've, I've heard about the, the plebiscite pet- petition. I haven't right. actually seen it, but I do know that there is a there is a movement uh, growing to, to hopefully try and um, force this funding into a plebiscite. Uh, situation and there is a rally tomorrow so it, it is good to do a plug for that i think it's at 12:15 ish um go to your mla's office uh bring a library book and it's a read in so sort of yeah, like a sit in right. but um but but more fun uh, at my <laughs> office we'll have uh we will have coffee and and couches and i already took out some of my favorite library books just in case somebody doesn't um doesn't have time to go grab one but uh we are encouraging people to make sure you go especially if you have a sas party mla or you want to instead go to a sas party mla's office please go um, please show people, uh, show the SAS Party MLAs how important libraries are to our province because I don't think they really realize how many people uh, rely on the many services that libraries provide. Cool, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we should move on to the next item on our agenda, but you guys can stick around and come and uh, keep talking in the uh, second half of the meeting. Sounds All right. Good. Okay, so we were going to move on to the... Uh, Innovative Revenue Tools portion of uh, the meeting, and this is where we discuss uh, innovative tools, ways for the city to uh, raise revenue. And I figured because there was this meeting coming up on Monday to fix the budget, that I would do a supercut of all of our Innovative Revenue Tools from previous meetings, and I would play that tonight. But then something came up. And I have a new Innovative Revenue Tool for this week. Let's hear the new one. Oh, right on. Okay. Um, Well, it came up on Wednesday. Uh, Education Minister Don Morgan, under questioning from NDP MLA Carla Beck, revealed an interesting fact about Saskatchewan that I think could have a dramatic impact on uh, revenue for the province and hopefully some spin-off benefits for Saskatchewan municipalities. And I'm going to play what Minister Morgan had to say right now. Mr. Speaker, why wasn't this minister up front about his government's plan for Saskatchewan people to pay more in education property tax while ensuring that our kids' classrooms receive less? Recognize Minister of Education. Mr. Speaker, the best metric of our success as a province has been in the rapid growth in our province. The 1.14 billion people that live in this province, the highest population that we've ever had. So there it is, straight from the minister's mouth, 1.14 billion citizens in Saskatchewan, which is roughly a thousand times the population numbers that uh, our province has listed in Wikipedia. And that's almost the population of China or of India. And yet Saskatchewan just doesn't feel that crowded. I find. Um, and I've barely even noticed these extra 1,138,860,000 citizens. There's a lot of people in Costco today. It, yes. And actually, the library is very busy today, too. So I'm figuring the only reasonable explanation to all of this is that uh, Morgan is referring to Saskatchewan citizens who are made out of dark matter. And as everybody knows, dark matter is, uh, it only weakly interacts with regular matter, but we know that it makes up over 90% of the universe. So dark matter people could easily make up the balance of citizens Morgan was referring to. But as dark matter has never been directly detected before, I I don't know if he knows this. Um, I don't know how he knows this, sorry. Um, Maybe he's privy to some of the data from the particle accelerator in Saskatoon that hasn't been made public yet. But wherever he's gotten his population data from, it's really good news for us ordinary matter citizens because if we can just find a way to tax Mm. these dark matter Saskatchewanians, our tax base is going to expand by a thousandfold overnight. So, As long as they don't pay their taxes in dark matter money, then. Oh, crap, I didn't think of that. (laughs) And I bet you it's going to be really expensive to make Uh, dark matter tax um, bills, too. We probably need more infrastructure to get that going. Okay, well, maybe we're going to have to like send this upstairs and see if the brains up there can sort it out. <laughs> Clearly, this isn't going to work. So we're going to... 
I already made a motion for Monday. Oh, awesome. <laughs> already. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Joel. I'm wearing a SpaceX shirt today, Paul. I mean, I'm pretty serious about that. Right on. Okay, well, if this plan doesn't work, regardless, uh, we've got a few other uh, innovative revenue tools right now. Hey, let's, you, you said the yo thing. Yeah. I'm not saying Yo, I'm Jack. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Ada. And, and we're, we're from Radio Kids. And you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. All right, that's it for another Innovative Revenue Tools. Did they feel innovative enough? I think so. Yeah. I like that Radio Kids spot. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. They're so cute. But yeah. now their funding's all cut. Yeah. How will they learn? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't know. Oh, the poor kids. Well, speaking of kids and cuts, uh, education has suffered a bit, a few blows over the last week. The uh, Regina Public School Board, in response to the cuts, has said that it's going to be uh, busing has been reduced for students uh, in kindergarten. So, like, the littlest kids... The wee little ones who can barely right. walk out and of can barely house. can barely even but hold up a protest sign. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow at the rally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the buses? I don't know. To be honest okay. with you, it's a, it's a really scary time right now for our school divisions and for our schools. Uh, Regina Public is dealing with a shortfall in funding to the tune of I think it's about nine point five million dollars. Regina Catholic is uh, is uh, has a shortfall of about one point five million dollars. So that's a lot of money to to try and uh, find uh, f- try and find in a budget that that I can tell you are are already pretty lean. Uh, I don't think anyone could say that our our schools uh, are flush with with cash right now. And on top of that, there our schools aren't stagnant, as you know. Um, we're not growing to the billions that I think uh, the minister might have might have mentioned accidentally. But uh, I know that Regina Catholic, I think, is expecting about 370 more students in the fall, and Regina Public is uh, is expecting around 700. And both of them, respectively, are opening three new schools. So, on top of the the, sh- the massive uh, million multi million dollar shortfall they're both dealing with, they're also dealing with an increase in students in their population. So, trying to find ways to support those those kids while dealing with an incredibly tough uh, tough budget year is is going to be very difficult. Uh, you had mentioned what Regina Public has already said. Um, some of their cuts are going to be, and I believe that's only phase one of a of a three phase uh, rollout of of figuring out what they're going to do. Yeah, and there was other things that they've they've said they're going to be cutting are the communication preschool preschool for kids with autism, um, after school care, uh, kindergarten is moving to full day on alternating wow, days. That's, that's going to make tough for gonna, yeah. kids and parents. Tough for kids and parents, yeah. especially exactly. kids, because I mean. You know, they do the half day, and by the time they came home at lunch, they're already toast. That's the rest of the day. Yeah, going. exactly. So full day's hard. I know they do that out at Prairie Valley. It's like a full day alternating. Oh, really? And there's other, across the country, there's other systems, but it's it's a big change for Regina. Yeah, and this is uh, this is years of after after years of having um, our education system, especially in Regina, being underfunded. Now it's being almost. Uh, uh, it's severely underfunded now, and this is this is exactly where we should be investing our money. This is where, if you just want to think on dollars and not base morals, uh, it, it saves um, it saves us money in the long run when we're investing in our kids' education. Uh, it's also just the right thing to do, frankly. But the, the kids don't vote, though, <laughs> right? They don't. They don't. But their parents do. Their parents do, and that's what's important here. Right. Uh, and I think, and I think, what is also important is is to remember that this isn't this isn't the school boards that are making this decision. It's it's the province. It's the SAS party that's made this decision. And yet, the province has said, uh, Minister Don Morgan has said that he's not going to let these uh, these preschool programs end. 
that no budget will be approved where these things get cut. How does that work? Right, which is which is interesting because he's not also offering money to to run those programs. So he's I don't know what he's expecting these. Uh, are, is, is he expecting uh, teachers to just do this out of the goodness of their heart? Uh, I don't know if he realizes that this costs money. Uh, I was I was actually quite offended when I heard him say that. Um, the other angle of that is uh, they just did consultations about school divisions and whether or not basically there was a province-wide discussion about whether or not school divisions should be amalgamated whether or not we needed uh, locally elected trustees and they heard far and wide throughout the province not just in Regina that people wanted to keep their their democratically elected local voice and that is the school board trustee and so on budget day they announced that they were going to keep this they, they've decided not to amalgamate any of the schools they were going to they they heard loud and clear that people wanted to keep that voice but what they've done um is and and in, in one of the pieces of legislation that rolled out with the budget is essentially gutted a lot of the powers that trustees have and a lot of the decisions can now be made by the minister the minister can er- overrule uh, trustees decisions and you're already starting to see it which is interesting the legislation actually hasn't passed quite yet but you're seeing the minister um, dip his toes into or dip his fingers in I don't know which one into into uh, making these decisions that that school boards are being forced to make and they're not easy decisions uh, he's, he mentioned um, one of the alternatives could be looking at uh, shared busing. And I know that's something, because I used to be a trustee on Regina Catholic School Board, that's, that's something that had been looked at in the past, and it, was, it wasn't seen to be financially uh, viable at this time. And so it's clear that he doesn't understand how school boards work. It's clear that he doesn't understand the realities that we're in our school, in our schools right now. And I would love to see him actually put some money where his mouth is and fund these important programs. Uh, just for clarification, what do you mean by shared busing? Oh, he he talked a bit about shared bus. Looking at looking at maybe some sort of shared bus routes where where there's bus routes that overlap between public and Catholic. Could they share buses? That's something that he's sort of thrown out as an as an option so so we'd have catholic and public kids on on one bus right that seems like it would be a really small savings even if they could do it yeah when we're talking about nine million dollars and 1.5 million dollars uh that have to be uh found this where you're not going to find it in in a few shared bus routes that's for sure yeah what um what is this going to mean for the city because i know that there's been talk about changing up the way you guys bill for taxes yeah so well right now um, we have to by law collect uh, education taxes um, and this year it's increased 10% which we talked about earlier Um, I forget is it uh, it's a separate line item I believe on the bill that shows education taxes or yes no it is it is a separate line item on the bill but isn't there talk about making it a separate bill yeah, there's talk about making a separate bill because a lot of times people don't recognize that this isn't the state of Regina yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> taxing you for this. Yeah. Um, so there is talk about that. I believe Councillor O'Donnell brought that motion forward. Yeah. Um, there's also, I mean, at this point, the mayor has also indicated that if this does move forward into a mill rate, uh, portions of it into a mill rate, there will be a line item that says provincial levy. Because that's essentially what this is. Right. Is it so, going to cost us more if you make a separate bill? Is it going to cost us more that way? Too? In, in the administration side, I'm sure it would be a little bit, but yeah, that'll be that can be discussed on the council floor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's much is open and transparent. Justice, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just as money. Yeah. Uh, this might be going way too deep into the weeds, and I didn't prepare you for this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. This year, we're looking at an increase in education tax. But earlier this year, the province also changed the taxable amount on properties for residential properties. So instead of just paying, I think it was like uh, 75% of how much your property was worth, you're now paying 80 or 85% of what your property is worth. So has there been any talk within the NDP caucus or the government at all that not only are we getting an increase to property tax, but that's functionally a larger increase to the homeowner because they're going to be paying more that 10 percent is percent is going to apply to like 10 percent more of their house right and that's a really good point and that's something that i'll i'll make sure that our finance critic and our government relations critics both have have uh have uh 
latched on to. I'm sure I'm sure as they're both much more uh, intelligent than me, I've probably already caught <laughs> caught on to that, but uh that's something I'll I'll be sure that's a really good point that we yeah. might even be paying more than we than we've calculated already. Yeah, because the city actually had to accommodate for that and charge less that's in right. property taxes. That's right. Yeah. And another thing I just thought of too on the education side again, the city's not in charge of education by any means, but one of the areas that we see a download in is that we're expected to provide land for schools to be built. Um, and that's something that Paul, you probably listened yeah. to counselors go off about uh, in the chamber yeah. before too. So yeah, so that's yeah. like that's like park money, right? Like it's basically parks that you guys could be building. Exactly, parks you have or, to set aside for schools. Yeah, or we could sell it to developers or, or whatever, right? Um, but I think we own there's about seven percent of the land in the city, sort of that we own, um, mm -hmm. and we're always expected to pony that up for the building of a school. So right, so this is just like one more download. Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. another. Yeah. Um, speaking of other, I don't know, it might be a download, but Wiscana Park is also something that's going to be impacting cities. And the problem, so they, they've defunded the uh, urban parks all over the place. And then Wiscana Park, Wiscana Center Authority has been, it's been disappeared and is now taken over by the province. Yeah, so the board, Wiscana Center Authority uh, had a board. Uh, made up, uh, well, still does, I believe. Oh, today was their last meeting, actually. Okay. Uh, it consists of five members from the university, five from the city, and six from the province. Um, what that did was the lands in Wisconsin Authority are owned by the three different parties here, so the city, the university, and the province. Um, it allowed us all to essentially have equal voices on that board uh, to oppose things like development if we didn't want that to move forward. Um, What's being proposed in this piece of legislation now is one member from the university, one member from uh, the city, and three members from the province. So as a city, we become a, a junior player on there. The university becomes a junior player, and the province is able to essentially get whatever they decide. Right. So. And in addition to that, I believe the the one member that's from the city and the one member that's from the university is chosen is chosen by the province of a list that's provided like the city can provide a list to the province of who they who they think should be the person but it's ultimately up to the province to make oh, that there's talk of a nomination <laughs> form yes. kind of what you're talking about yeah. my understanding is that can be up in the air our legal advice said it, they're not sure if we right. may be able to say that no this is the person but that's we're still not sure right so, so what does this mean like what is the concern though with the province taking it over I think Councillor Hawkins uh, did really well on the news talking about it, is that um, essentially this could allow further development in the park um, in ways that the city never intended or wanted, um, or the university for that matter. So there, are, there already is uh, a uh, development being proposed, I believe it was at Planning Commission, uh, today. Hmm. And it had to go through the current Wascana Centre Authority Board, and it's for a, well, for the CNIB, um, oh, there's a portion, so 5,000 square feet of it is for the CNIB. I believe there's about 70,000 square feet that's uh, not for the CNIB. So uh, that's all I know. I'm not on the planning commission, so. Okay, right. Well, that, and that won't be coming, that'll be coming forward at the end of the month to the council meeting then, or? I would assume it would. But actually, yeah. you know, no, it won't, uh, because uh, Wisconsin Center Authority overrides the uh Oh, can right. override council so as a guys, governance yeah, board. So right, they can override it now with the provincial right. government. They would essentially override the whole thing, right? Completely, right? So, right. and so this we don't was, get a say. This was so. Brandt, wasn't it? That's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh, portions of it for are for office, right? Um, and if you're familiar, during the budget, we talked about uh, before the budget, we talked about our new office uh, ratio within the downtown to try and promote more office use downtown. This would be exactly the opposite of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the plan being that we want to encourage office construction downtown in downtown to keep the downtown, you know, the, the focus of like business and life in the city. Yeah. And that policy has been in place for several years now. And building in Wisconsin Park draws that life away from the downtown. It does. And at a time when our office vacancy rate is 12 percent, it's quite yeah. high downtown. Yeah. It also um, just you know, destroys you, our green space. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a nature park, right, is what it is. So. Yeah. And to the NDP caucus, what is... Has there been concerns raised about Wiscana or? Absolutely. We're very concerned about what this going to, is going to mean. Um, this board has operated well for a very long period of time uh, in protecting the interests of the, of the greater community. Uh, so we're worried that any provincial government control, no matter who is in power, 
uh, can quickly fall to uh, which, which is what we've seen already in this budget to uh, the guillotine when uh, there's concerns about deficit spending, when there's cuts that are that need to be made. We're very worried about what this is going to mean for for uh, future uh, privatization and and development, as Joel had said, within Wascana. And and I think he articulated very clearly that uh, those are all concerns. And also, as a Regina citizen, we want to do what we can to uh, promote our downtown. And uh, this is running completely contrary to any type of downtown growth plan. Yeah. Um, I think the last sort of... uh hit that I wanted to bring up with you guys tonight. Uh, this one's a little bit further afield from the city and sort of like the municipal impacts, although it's going to be a massive hit to sort of like the life of the city and to the citizens of Regina is uh, the 5% education um, reduction in funding to the uh, mm-hmm. post-secondary. And that, I mean, that's just like the surface cut. They're also losing uh, $237,000 for uh, the Johnson Shoyama um, Public Policy School. And there's been cut, and there's going to be cuts. T- and out of this five percent, um, like scholarships to students are going to be hit. Uh, what is what's been the response so far from uh, to you guys from the university about this? Uh, there's been some there's been some concern to say the least uh, from uh, student groups. I think we're going to see it grow. Uh, first of all, once finals are done, because mm-hmm. uh, we're in the middle of finals right now. And uh, second of all, once they once uh, we see what it's going to mean in terms of uh, tuition, tuition raising, and uh, program cuts, and uh, Dr. Vian Timmons uh, spoke out uh, very strongly that this is going to mean um, this is going to have very serious implications for the University of Regina. And uh, similarly, the president, uh, the president at the University of Saskatchewan, say uh, the universities have been operating on on. I think basically zero percent increases to their funding for a few years now, and we've seen just on that tuition going up uh, quite substantially, so that our universities could uh, stay afloat. So a five percent reduction in funding is going to have massive, massive, massive implications yeah. uh, for our universities, and I think uh, I don't think we've actually heard the end of this yet. And what's this actually going to mean for for our students and for our schools? Yeah, yeah, and so much of a university's budget is going to be funding that it can't touch, right? Oh, sorry, spending that it can't touch. So salaries would be mainly mm-hmm. what they would have. Mm-hmm. So like seventy-five percent of their budget, I think, is the number that they really like. That's negotiated with with unions and with um, contracts. With contracts, yeah, yeah, and so that doesn't give them a lot of room to sort of accommodate for that, apart from a tuition increase. Yeah, that's likely what we're what we're going to see. I hope I hope that's not what happens, but I worry for for the viability of our universities. Uh, it's either that or 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 we're going to see we're going to see uh, programs shutting down. And uh, uh, I I graduated from from our from the University of Saskatchewan. I went to the University of Regina. I'm sure uh, a lot of people in Regina have similar stories. We care about uh, we care about the growth of our university. Uh, our universities in our province, and we don't want to see them uh, uh, suffer. Uh, we already have extremely high tuition when you compare it with other other tuition rates across the country. the country. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and uh, what it's going to mean if we if we shoot up any higher, it's it, I'm it's it's very very concerning. Yeah. Um, okay. So everything that we've talked about tonight. Uh, so cuts to the city that could lead to increases in property taxes, uh, cuts to schools, cuts to libraries, and cuts to post-secondary, and, you know, ominous changes to Wisconsin Center Authority. Um, and at the same time, Pri- uh, Premier Brad Wall has been sending letters to companies in Alberta inviting them to Saskatchewan because we're open for business. What do you, like, seems seems like a tough time to be promoting ourselves, you know, when we're making it a much less sort of family-friendly city. But the corporate taxes do, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, everybody who's in those businesses, they have kids they have to send to school. Or They'll kids that are going to go to university. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to walk it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming in and, like, going, running through all of this with us. Um, Can Helen? I ask something? Yeah, sure. In this basement under City Hall... This is really scary stuff. So what can people do? 
besides maybe oh, that's a damn think about question. how they vote next time. <laughs> uh, what well, can people do right now? Right now, besides cry. Oh, well, you know, it's always it's always a little cathartic to get a get a bit of a cry <laughs> in, but uh, but also but also take action. Um, there's plenty of rallies going on lately. I can't even keep up with how many rallies that are happening in a week. Or, or plan your own. Um, write or call your your MLA. Uh, or SAS party MLAs in particular, but uh, speak up, speak out, uh, tell tell the tell the SAS party, tell the government that you're not happy with what's happening and that that this is having serious impacts and 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 stay informed. I think one of the concerns uh, is that one of the concerns is that uh, oh, we are on a on a long electoral cycle right now this is the first budget after the 2016 election um don't stop staying informed this is this is the first budget and probably a few a few more bad news budgets to come and uh, and get involved wherever you can whether it's in your in your community or you know everybody's everybody's looking for some help right now yeah I was just say, yeah, you can come to city hall too. Come to city council meetings. We sometimes we get a lot of people. Sometimes we don't. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's usually when they're angry good. at you. <laughs> they're either angry or they're they, yeah angry. yeah sometimes. <laughs> they're angry. Yeah. 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 Okay, Helen. Um, Joel is already an improvement vector, uh, but Nicole is here tonight as an improvement vector candidate. Do you think she? Uh, do you think she did okay? Do you think she's uh, an improvement vector? Okay, Definitely well, an improvement vector. She gets a, an improvement vector certificate. Oh, sweet. Oh, it's an. Im- Improvement certificate already. Yeah, yeah. Now, because we've had some budget cuts, <laughs> you can pass that around. Um, because we've had some budget cuts, we can't. We have to make a use case for every vowel. And in your name, I had too many vowels anyway. Yeah, it kind of guts your name, but strangely makes it easier to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Now, now it now it looks like how it should be pronounced. So yeah. maybe I should just change it. To, to this sir. all yeah. the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Joel, as well. Oh, does your signature have no no vowels? In yeah, it I can't. Well. <laughs> None of us can afford it. Aiden can't even afford to put his name on there to sign it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot, um, Helen. Chinese Connection. Yes. What is it? It's a radio show. Yeah, no, it's I on CJTR. <laughs> it's um, Wednesdays, ten o'clock to eleven o'clock. And we we rebroadcast on Tuesdays at noon, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Tune yeah. in if you like. And what kinds of stuff do you guys do? It's spoken word, although we do play a lot of bluegrass. So naturally, like that for a Chinese show because it's Chinese. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's some community stuff, especially around Chinese New Year. But we read a lot of stories. Oh yeah. Right now we're reading Solzhenitsyn, so we're reading One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, which is, I think. Why did you pick that? Well, you know, it's a hard life in the gulag, and it might be just a little harder than what we're going through in Saskatchewan. So at least we have more than just porridge to eat, you know, right. through the right. day. And we're not working labor camps quite yet. So right. things to be glad for. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot for uh, guest hosting uh, this, for this me. meeting tonight. And, uh, yeah, uh, come on back to the sub-basement if you, if you dare. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. All right, uh, I guess we should call for adjournment of this meeting. Um, do you want to second that motion? I'll second that motion. All right. Uh, then I guess that's also the time when we read the outro, which I guess is going to be your job. Okay. Yeah. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Thanks to Joel Murray and Nicole Sauer for making the trip into the sub-basement. I think I said your name wrong, sorry. <laughs> Nicole Sir. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks as always to Ryan Hill for our awesome theme music. You can find the Queen City Improvement Bureau on Twitter at Queen City IB or on our web- website at queencityib.com. Catch up on our past meetings by listening to our podcast on cjtr.ca backslash podcasts or subscribe to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on iTunes. Our meetings are also rebroadcast Monday mornings on CJTR at 9 a.m. Coming up next on CJTR's Thursday Night Action Pack, the Nerdcore Cabaret with Marty V, with, sorry, Maddie V, followed by the cockpit. Keep on improving, Regina.